Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Happy New Year! At the Female Founders Network and Invoice to Go, we believe that 2021 will be the year of women founders and minority-owned businesses. So you guys already know that Invoice to Go sponsors the Female Founders Network entirely, including our Facebook group, giveaways, podcast, and business advice articles. We talk a lot on this show about why we think it's important to lift the voices of women entrepreneurs of all backgrounds. But we thought you might also want to hear it from a guy that we find incredibly interesting. So interesting, in fact, that he's our only male guest ever. And that is the Invoice to Go CEO, Mark Lenhard. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, guys. Today we have a very special guest. Um, as you guys know, we are sponsored by my company, Invoice to Go. And we have very specific reasons why we feel that it's really important to support women founders and female entrepreneurs. So our, our CEO is here. Mark, say hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> and Mark has flown across the pond. So Mark... Let us know how you got here during the COVID pandemic really quickly for those who are interested. Oh, of course. It was uh, it was quite a journey. Uh, ended up being a fairly smooth journey, but uh, a little bit different. Uh, international travel has definitely uh, definitely changed quite a bit. Uh, but I had been anxious to get out here uh, since I joined the company, uh, I like to say, right in the... The height of COVID. Unfortunately, now it's right in the, the height of the first wave of COVID back in mm. April mm. Uh, and, and really haven't had a chance to meet the team. So uh, have been uh, been fighting for a while to get out here. But uh, finally, uh, the Australia government saw the uh, the benefits to having me out here. Uh, what they may be, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, <laughs> was able to, uh, to get approval to fly out here, um, which ended up being quite the easy part. Uh, the challenging part for those of you that are flying internationally now understand it's actually finding a plane uh, with capacity to take you on. That's, mm, that's yeah. tough. And you had the whole fam. I did. I did. I wasn't uh, certainly wasn't going to be allowed to come out here for uh, for a couple months after two weeks of quarantine uh, without them, and wouldn't want to either. So uh, yeah. they came along with me. I love that. I love that instilling family values in the company by bringing the family with. I love <laughs> it. So here's the thing. So you have a very interesting. We're all very excited when you join the company. First of all, um, because you have a really cool and interesting background. So why don't you tell our listeners all about yourself? How you became Mark? Sure, I'd I'd love to. Um, first of all, I want to say it's a little intimidating uh, being on uh, being on the show, both as. Uh, <laughs> oh no! You've had Stop. some. Uh, it's a little uh, being both the first male, but uh, but also I hear there's about uh, some crying. So I'm 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 a little. It's a little uh, bit of crying. Yeah. Don't make me cry, Mark. <laughs> yes, Mark. What an honor! You're the one and only male guest on the Female Founders Network. You are. But uh, but no, you you in all seriousness, you guys have had some really phenomenal. Uh, I've gotten the opportunity, obviously, to listen. Uh, along with you guys, and uh, really have had some phenomenal, uh, phenomenal guests on the show, which uh, certainly have been in, uh, inspirational to me. So um, certainly um, very happy to be on here with you guys. Yay! Thank you. Yeah. 
They are great, but you're great too. So tell us about <laughs> your experience. So how far back do you? I can go back uh, a bit, but I'll try to uh, I'll try to keep it short. I'd say there are a few um, uh, foundational moments uh, for me in in uh, in in my career and in my life. Um, first started pretty early, so as as you probably can tell, I'm American. Uh, grew up grew up on the East Coast uh, mm-hmm. early on, and uh, you know had a father who. Uh, was like one of like many of our customers who was uh, a freelance courier actually in the yep. days before um, before the fax machine um, when you had to actually get someone to take a piece of paper across town across Manhattan or <laughs> a courier exactly. right isn't courier. that what they were called yeah. a courier yes absolutely um, and he had a great great career doing that uh, unfortunately a few things changed including the fax machine uh, mm-hmm. and so I er- learned pretty early in life that uh, that resilience is a uh, uh, is a is a is a really good principle to have uh, yes. and a really good trait. Um, so he had to recreate himself, uh, and we actually picked up and, and moved to Florida. So I was still on the East Coast, uh, but definitely mm-hmm. a different world away. Uh, and I learned that you know I think from that I learned that uh, you know having resilience and really powering through it uh, is is super important. But also, uh, I didn't want to get uh, I didn't want to be in that position either in life. Uh, right. Ever have have to be in a situation where I had to recreate myself? I've done it many times, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> mostly because because uh, I want to or I saw an opportunity. Um, and so I was, from an early age, I, I was a really hard driver. Um, so I was the kid that was up at 4.30 in the morning to get on swim team mm-hmm. uh, and, and working really hard and definitely a self-professed uh, dork. Uh, I worked really, really hard. Uh, and it was important to me. It was important to me to do well and, and succeed. I think I, I kind of defined success there as, as uh, you know, how much, how much money I earned early on and, you know, how, how I was going to be successful yeah. was, was mm-hmm. that. Um, but then went off to college, uh, and I really wanted to get a lot of global experience. So I spent, uh, you know, the first decade or so of my career flying around the world, living in different places. I've I've lived on four continents. You know, wow. actually lived. So really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed doing that. And I've obviously traveled and spent months in other continents. So what were these continents that you lived on? So uh, obviously North America, that counts. Yes. Um, yep, still counts. It still counts. Uh, spent a number of years uh, living in Asia out of Singapore mm-hmm. uh, and spending a lot of time uh, really working around uh, around the Asian, re- Asian region. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great opportunity to move to London, um, so mm-hmm. spent, uh, spent a, number of, uh, a number of months working out of London. Uh, and then I got, I got tired of the corporate world um, and decided to do something a little bit more, more fulfilling. And so picked up and moved to Quito, Ecuador. Nice. Uh, down in South America and yeah. spent a year really working with um, some small businesses down there, really helping entrepreneurs raise money uh, at that time from mostly from the U.S. Uh, and do uh, do small um, uh, small dollar loans uh, to That's folks. That's incredible. Was that part of a charity or was that something that you set up yourself with them? Um, it, I set it up myself, ended up working with a lot of charities out mm-hmm. of the U.S. Um, and other places, too, who had raised capital. But the the hard part there was always finding the right entrepreneurs to give it to and managing mm-hmm. that. And so yeah. uh, I helped. Um, always a lot of capital out there, but finding the most effective use of that capital can be tough. Do you um, know what's interesting? We, ha- we just talked to someone who did the same thing for a village in Africa. And then when she went to... to she was producing a product, and then when she went to visit the village, she's like, wait, you guys don't have clean water. Mm-hmm. And so then she's, like, fixing all of these other infrastructure problems within the village just by creating, helping them start that business. Mm-hmm. So it's it's amazing the impact that these kind of initiatives can have. Even if they start with one thing, you end up lifting so many other things. 
Is that what you found, or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, it's amazing in some of these uh, in some of these markets. Um, you know, helping uh, small entrepreneurs raise some money. Traditionally, more more often than not, it was actually helping women who yeah. they they tend to be <laughs> way more entrepreneurial, way more resilient, um, and and aggressive about going out and really trying to to raise and earn money. Um, maybe outside of the normal system where jobs can be really, really difficult to get. I, yeah, I was just going to ask, actually, like what proportion of the businesses that you helped were um, female founders? Most often, you know, I'd say 80% plus were were female, um, really, and really, really strong women who had, you know, worked through a lot. Um, in some cases, were just trying to augment uh, the family's income to, to get it to a point where they can, you know, really, you know, survive well. Mm-hmm. Um, in other cases, you know, you talk about knock-on effects. I mean, it really enabled people, uh, a lot of mothers trying to se- send their kids to school, mm-hmm. which is a big, you know, I think we take that in many countries for granted. Yeah. Um, but there, it, it's not uh, it's not a given that, that your children can go to school. And a lot of times it's, uh, it's dependent on income. Whether they need the kids to work, work, you know, on the family farm at home, or whether they can afford to send them to school. Yeah. Um, so there are huge knock-on benefits of of, uh, of enabling them to do that. Yeah, we did um, when we did our intro episode. We did some um, some research on women entrepreneurs across the world, and some of the um, women business owners, as a percentage of all business owners, the top rank the first ones like Uganda and then Ghana mm. and then Botswana and if you think of that because when you think of okay where the top you think they're going to be more um, modernized countries or mm. westernized countries like you'd think maybe United States UK as mm-hmm. a percentage but really like there's so many women all over the globe just taking care of their families and taking care of businesses mm-hmm. and doing what they have to do and sometimes not under perfect conditions and I just think that's so admirable. Yeah. No, I think that's very true, and they 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 have a huge impact not only on on their own families but also on their entire communities right. um, when they get together, uh, and it has a massive massive impact on on uh, right. on uh, on everyone. Well, it goes back to like the foundation the foundations of human life, right? Like if you if you read have you read Sapiens? I'm sure you have. Yes, of course. Okay, yeah. yeah. So in all of those, you know, you've got a slew of other um, books like that that have come out since then. But, um, you know, women used to be kind of the backbone of the community and we'd have tribes and we would kind of, you know, help each other and we'd have babies. And if somebody's milk dried up, you'd hand it to the the next woman who was happy to nurse your baby. Like there was, we used to do things as a community, as human Mm -hmm. beings a lot more. And I think that's kind of internalized inside of us. I mean, we still operate that way quite a bit. Maybe that's why we all crave community now more than ever, especially with the pandemic forcing everyone into their own homes. No, absolutely. And it was always amazing to me how um, positive uh, these women would stay regardless of mm-hmm. their of their situation. Um, and that really got them through many, uh, both that and, and the strong communities that they formed around there. But they always stayed positive. And regardless of what was, what was happening, you know, they could see over the next hill. They knew they had some, you know, some uh, right. some work to do, but they could they could see what was on the other side, which was always amazing and, and really inspirational. Yeah. yeah. So you so, did this for a year? Yeah. I did that for a year. Yep. Okay. Uh, and uh, and really helped folks there and then throughout a little bit more throughout South Africa or South South America. Yep. Um, and then ultimately uh, came back to, to the U.S. to do uh, my business school uh, degree and landed on the West Coast mm-hmm. um, since I wanted to be, you know, spending, would try a lot of different things out. Um, so, um, um, and then I, I, I stayed there for quite a while, really got into tech, got into fintech, mm-hmm. um, uh, started a few businesses, um, but really started learning that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just about um, success and, and, you know, how, um, 
certainly how much money I was earning, but my experiences in, in with other people and particularly in South America was really about, well, how can I have a bigger impact? Um, right. both and, and who are the people I'm surrounding with? Uh, and I got lost a few times along the way, tried a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. Um, good thing is I always had some good good folks that I had met along the way to pull me back in um, and say, hey, look, what's what's really important to you? What are you trying to do? How are you, uh, what are you trying to achieve? Um, you know, what makes you happy? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, that was that was really important to me and made me realize over time that it's it's who you surround yourself with um, that's that's really important and what's the broader impact you're having. Um, I know it's very cliche, but it's really true. It really is true. Yeah. You can f- find success, you know, monetarily anywhere, but it's really about who you who you're spending your time with and and who you're having the biggest impact on. Yeah, that's so true. And everybody at the end of the day, we're all searching for meaning. Right. So it's like, why not find it in your work? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and how, do your, how does your work, not only in the, the folks you're working with, but the surrounding, you know, who you, who you help impact, whether it's your customers, yeah. uh, the people around them, how are you having, uh, how are you having impact there? Because that's really when a, uh, when, a, when a career, a company, you know, your role in life can have a huge, huge impact. Yeah. So right before Invoice to Go, you were the CEO of Magento, correct? That was acquired by Adobe. Um, uh, yes, I was. Uh, I ran uh, growth team, strategy okay. growth team at Magento. Okay. Okay. And so, how did you? So you you kind of had how many years in tech did you spend at different businesses, and and what did that look like, kind of building your career in tech? Oh yeah. So uh, once I graduated from. Um, uh, business school, I tried my hand at a few things, everything from investment banking to real estate to private equity, but ultimately landed on tech. Um, spent about 10 years uh, at uh, PayPal and then ultimately gotcha. at Magento and helped spin Magento out of eBay. Uh, and that's really what I got into the uh, helping uh, small businesses, uh, in this case, in the world of uh, e-commerce, really build their business mm-hmm. um, and do that on a global basis. We were open source open source software. And so I really got to see the impact that technology uh, and a community-driven organization can have mm-hmm. on just a massive, massive number of people. Um, and so we had about 400,000 folks ultimately uh, when we sold it to Adobe in in our developer and, and our community ecosystem. And they were building businesses, um, you know, on the with the help of, of the technology at Magento, uh, but really building everything from their own websites to helping others um, mm-hmm. Build build their websites and get into you know online selling and digital commerce. That's incredible. So when did you find fulfillment? Like when did you feel like, or do you have several moments in your throughout your career where you felt like, aha, this is something I'm really doing something good. I feel good about what I'm doing for the world through my work. Yeah, I'd say there's three. I mean, there's 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 a lot of moments. Um, I've been fortunate and had 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 a lot of fun along the way. I'd say, or it, it's evolved though how I'm how I feel fulfillment. I think initially it was you know more if I'm fully transparent, it was more myself. Like, if I'm seeing success, mm-hmm. am I if I'm doing things uh, and and getting getting promoted and seeing success out of that? But it quickly evolved into what about my team? Yeah. Is my team seeing success? Um, yeah. And who am I building around me? And what's my um, not to sound too um, too high and mighty, but what's my own personal legacy? Like, who do I feel like I've I've helped uh, and really mentored along the way and built a team? I'm, my yeah. proudest moments now are people I can point to at other companies and and how I've helped them get to where they are, um, which yeah. is which is just hugely fulfilling. Um, and then over time, and the first time I really 
felt that was it was at Magento is what's the community around it? So how am I helping a broader base of folks um, yeah. really grow and build their businesses? Uh, and it was phenomenal. I traveled the world all over the place. Um, and, you know, regardless of where I went, I would find folks that were just avid fanatics over Magento. And it's because they had really, you know, we as a company, but in the technology had enabled them to build a business, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a place where, um, you know, it may have been tough to do that, um, you know, all the way from Uruguay to Eastern Europe to all, all parts of Asia uh, and earn an income that, you know, wouldn't have been available to them without um, without uh, without the company and without the community around it. Um, and they were able to employ people and hire people in mm-hmm. their communities uh, yeah. and really grow and and create opportunities that, you know, otherwise weren't there. Uh, and that that's the moment I knew that that's that's powerful. That's really powerful. That's incredible. Yeah. So you, I mean, you've had a long career. You've done a lot of things. Um, There are women um, all over the globe, really, listening to this. So when it comes to women entrepreneurs, when it comes to women, you know, small small businesses that are women-owned, or even women in tech or the industries that you've worked in, you know, over the course of your career, what have you seen? I mean, are there any... Um, you know, big movements or massive moments of shift that you've recognized or taken note of? You know, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of interesting developments over the years. I, there, it's and it's hard uh, when you take a step back. It's hard day to day to see those changes, mm-hmm. um, and I think. I, I'm, I'm happy we're we're still pushing we're pushing hard across a lot of fronts, and there's certainly a lot more um, talk uh, and energy around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest change has just been it's gone from a, a nice to have, you know, like, oh, yes, we should be doing these things to, yeah. to help women to, of course we are. Why, why wouldn't we? You, know, you, you mm-hmm. no longer have to explain the why. I can remember early in my career having to sit through, um, you know, training sessions and things about why it was important to have women on your team and mm-hmm. why diversity helped wow. uh, make a better business. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and if I'm honest, back in those days, there was a lot of lip service paid yeah. to it. Um, yep. A lot of people like, this is the right, well, we're told by our state government or we've got to, pro- you know, provide this compliance training and we'll, we'll fulfill it to the minimum. And, you know, we don't want to get in trouble. So we'll do, we'll do that. Mm. Um, but I think that's changed a lot. I mean, it's, I, I see a lot less about, uh, sure, it still happens and, and not everyone's on board, but um, uh, most, you very rarely see a why. Why do I need a woman on my board at yeah. a company? Why do I need yeah. a woman on my team? Um, that's, it's, it's more now the challenge is, well, well, how do we make sure how do we make sure it happens? What are some ways we can, whether that's, you know, um, bias in our recruiting process, whether that's um, making it it more uh, easier for, for women to join, any any number of ways. It's more kind of how and are we doing enough? Are, right. we, are we trying enough things? Um, is it happening? But of course it should happen. Of course you can't have an all-male, all-white board. Of course you can't have, a you know, an all-male team um, yeah. in any industry. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a shift. Yeah. yeah. What benefits do you see from, you know, your experience about having that diversity in a business? You know, I think from the from the business rational side, um, it's just in general, it's just good on any team to have diversity of thought. Right. Yes. Um, whether that comes through gender, 
or any other demographic uh, background, it's just important to have that regardless. Um, And I think obviously having women bring a a different perspective um, that both uh, bring new ideas, fresh ideas, different perspective to the table, um, but also just a different team dynamic that is just really, really helpful. Um, And I think that's uh, that's important. Sometimes it can, you know, teams that aren't used to that, it will shake them up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Um, and so I think a lot of that, a lot of times it's prevented from happening because people feel uneasy about that shakeup that initially happens. And sometimes yeah. it can create some difficult, uh, a difficult environment to begin with, but you have to, you have to work through it. Um, and, and it gets much better, uh, just like any new team forming. It, it can take a while. Yeah. I've gone from, you know, in my career and let's see, my first job was what, 2000. <laughs> yeah. My first professional job was mm. 2004, I think. But it's I've I've gone from trying to be less fe- feminine, right? Like trying to like hold my own in meetings and say like use boy club analogies like let's hit it out of the park and whatever. I remember feeling <laughs> like I had to do that yeah. as a young woman to embracing it. Like people will say things like, "Oh, you know, you you really mother your young employee, you know, you really like, and I take it as a compliment. Like Absolutely. I really, I do mother them. Yes, I do. Ca- I care about them. When when bad things happen, yeah, I cry. Like he's a strength. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's a, one of my team members uh, revealed to me once that he was dumped, and I cried. <laughs> I started crying, and then he, I just felt so bad. He's such a sweetheart, you know. Yeah. But that's you're supposed to like em- embracing w- being a woman in the office. Now I think is accepted, you know, and the feminine traits that come along with womanhood a lot of the time mm-hmm. um whereas in the past we used to try to hide them so mm-hmm. i think that's it's very interesting would you say i mean what's your perspective as a as a guy yeah it's funny you know um it, i remember my first uh and, and I'll, i'm honest if i'm honest i haven't had many but i remember my first all uh all women uh meeting slash dinner that mm-hmm. i went to yeah uh, and it was early in my career, but it, you know, it certainly it's happened more since then, but took, you know, first 10 years of my career, I think it happened once. Uh, and this was the one time, um, and it was, it was, I was in shock through most of the dinner. <laughs> yeah. It was such a different experience. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it, a couple of things there, one, it really made me realize that, wow, what, what must these same women feel like? Cause I'm in many meetings with them where they're right. the only women in the, in the meeting, yeah. the only woman in the meeting. Um, and, and opened my eyes to that because that just, I, had, I hadn't quite experienced that before. Um, and secondly, though, I, I've, and I think at that time, women were definitely doing what you were, Nat, and kind of trying to suppress how they act normally around other men. Right. Um, but I'm definitely feeling a change around that. I think there's, there is, you know, I was joking about crying earlier on. It's not a bad thing, right? Right, and yeah, yeah. It appropriate, you know, used appropriately. And, and when, you know, um, I think it can be a real, it, it makes the offices are becoming a lot more human mm-hmm. uh, than they have in the past. And I think that's that's a good thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, different environments will deal with that uh, differently. Um, but I think over time, uh, that'll become the norm. Yeah. I think it's funny because it's top down too. Like you see the effects top down. Like my boss will say to me, you know, we'll get in a meeting or whatever. I'm like, hey, you all right? And he'll be like, oh man, the baby. Last night, the baby, you know, <laughs> and he and he feels really comfortable saying that to me. And then I talk about like, oh yeah, my second when my kids were little, and blah, blah blah. And then we get into business, and we just have that human understanding. Yeah. And maybe I mean I don't know. Maybe he does that with everybody, but I definitely notice that he does that with me. And having that 
that comfort to be to be human and be open and honest about yeah. your whole life. Is... Exactly, because vulnerability isn't a feminine trait; it's a human trait. So right. both having that together and having that balance is is good for for men as well to be able to feel like they can open up, right, and not have that like bro culture. Yeah. No, absolutely, and I think you can make a much better. You know, when when your boss starts nodding off, uh, Nat, in the meeting, it's not you don't, you don't take it personally, right? You're like, oh, I understand. I, whereas if he hadn't mentioned that, um, you would have thought, you know, something was wrong, and 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 uh, and it would have been an issue. But now, oh. now it's not. Now well, it's when not. I, because I am a woman and I second guess myself all the time because I've often been the only woman in the room. You know, yeah. I would have been like, oh, my idea must be shit. <laughs> I'm boring him. I'm so I'm boring, boring yeah. him. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh no, he's got a cranky baby. Like it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. So this has been, 2020 has been a big year for women, but 2021 is going to be a very interesting one for women, um, seeing, and women leaders specifically, seeing how we now have a woman VP in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's very inspiring to me personally. However, I want to know who inspires you. So what yeah. woman leader in the world inspires you or leaders and why? Gosh, there's so, and I agree with you. Uh, I think there is. It is a big year. I think you know when the when the whole election went down. Um, I remember turning to my wife and be like, "But what about Camilla? Why haven't we heard about how she's the first? Um, yeah, <laughs> it took a few days, but then when they finally we could get over the the counts and everything, um, I was really happy to see that that topped headlines uh, right along. Yeah. You know, with the fact that that uh, the winner actually. Uh, Probably was going to win, um, uh, but that that was a close second to that, which was which I was really glad to see. Um, you know, there are so many women uh, to answer your question that inspired me. Um, I've always um, for for the public figures, I've always really been fascinated with Michelle Obama. I think she's mm. done such a phenomenal job out there. So good, not just for women, but just in general uh, for humanity, mm-hmm. um, and many things to be to be. Um, that I find inspirational around about her, but really both while she was in office, but, but post, um, just her messages of positivity. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things when you're going through everything that we've been through in the last year. Mm. Um, but even the last, you know, four prior to that, uh, and, and over the last 10 years, and she's always had a message of staying positive. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think her famous line about, you know, they take the low road, you take the high road, yes. uh, will, will always stick with me. Um, and, and is a real message that I think, uh, if the world embraced more, uh, it would be a much, much, much better place. She's so eloquent as well. Oh, absolutely. Everything of, I, well, <laughs> I love just watching the Obamas' relationship as well. Yeah. Like, I think the way that they treat each other is very admirable. Yeah. And there's this respect. meme. Yeah, there's this meme that went went around, like, for millennials, and it was like, I'm not getting married. Like, women loved it. It was like, I'm not getting married until someone looks at me like Barack looks at Michelle. And it, and like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, it's, um, the relationship's very inspiring to me. And, and Michelle's definitely inspiring as well. Yeah. Who else inspires you? Um, the uh, the women I talked about in Ecuador, right? Really, mm, the b- yeah. were able to pick up in in really difficult circumstances uh, and and face you know against all odds, um, you know, really 
develop their own their own source of income mm-hmm. uh, and their own uh, really take control of their own lives uh, and and power through some really difficult circumstances uh, and do it you know all with a smile on their face mm-hmm. um, and and really um, oh we see the bright side of things was really really amazing. Um, and then, of course, uh, I love – I have an 11-year-old daughter. I love her to death. Uh, and I <laughs> still uh, – she's taught me so much, uh, including, um, you know, how even some of my own unconscious biases. I still remember the first time – well, the only time uh, I called my daughter bossy. She definitely – she's very opinionated, which is great. Um, but I, I quickly got uh, – I was, I was out to lunch with my wife and, uh, and her friend, a female friend, and I, I remember mentioning that she was bossy because she was trying to go get me to do something. And I got oh. told right away, no, that's leadership. <laughs> and then they were right. They yeah. were absolutely right. If it had been my son, I also have a son, uh, I wouldn't have used those words. Um, and I think that's a, it's a really uh, – it's taught me a lot. It's taught well, me a lot. I admire your wife then for nipping it in the bud right away. Oh, yeah. There was no uh, – <laughs> I will it's never bad. use that word again around her. Well, that's for sure. Where did you meet your wife, by the way? You talked about this journey, but you didn't tell us where you met your the love of your life. I met her along the way. So uh, I was uh, was when I was in Asia and Singapore. Uh, okay. We uh, we uh, ran into each other in, in the corporate world uh, on, a, on a job. And so we um, – we uh, we've stayed together since, traveled the world together, and oh, that's finally uh, finally got married after a few years, uh, and and then have an eleven and fourteen year old. Beautiful, and that's an important part of your journey as well. Yeah, she taught me a lot too. She was uh, for a long time was uh, still in the corporate world, worked in uh, online e-commerce. Actually, worked for Walmart, Levi's, mm-hmm. a bunch of places, and I still remember that our biggest battles were figuring out who was going to get to get on get on the flight that week. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really feel for people that um, you know it's it's hard to um, it's hard for two couples uh, or a couple, not two couples, one couple to um, to really make it work. Uh, it, it's it's challenging to have two careers in one household. Uh, yeah, you know, you're almost damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think we hear this a lot. Like if you're both if you're a power couple, right? You both have your careers that you're working on, mm-hmm. then you're kind of struggling to balance that like domestic duty. But totally. then if you are not a power couple, like it's much harder to afford life. So <laughs> it's set up the world's set up now for two earners. So it's just it's always a struggle, yeah. I think. So Mark, why did you believe in funding the Female Founders Network? And what does it mean to invoice to go? So it's you, uh, it's funny. You guys always ask me. You're surprised that I did. And I, from my point of view, <laughs> I, I I didn't know it was it was you know how I would not. Um, I think it's <laughs> such an important part of you know what we as a company, you know what I'm personally want to do uh, in life, but also what we're trying to do as a company. Uh, it's such a big part of of the community, the environment, uh, and to be able to help out. Um, uh, female founders is just and fem- female entrepreneurs is just it's hugely rewarding uh, and I, I couldn't see a world where we didn't and what do um, I will say diverse or minority owned businesses right because female founders fall into that category but what do they mean to us as a company for, in your mind you know they are part of the I mean invoice to go is really trying to help out entrepreneurs globally mm-hmm. uh, freelancers small businesses and a lot of them are comprised of uh, obviously female and um, and a diverse set of individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, I think the community is even more important for them. 
Uh, they they uh, can use the extra help, the support, mm-hmm. uh, and know, and the role models out there. Um, because, you know, male role models are, are easier to find, right, mm-hmm. in general. Um, and and I think this community can really help uplift um, uh, women, women uh, entrepreneurs, founders, small businesses all over the world and provide them with both the motivation, the inspiration, but also the practical advice mm-hmm. uh, to, to being successful. Because ultimately, we want to see all of those businesses succeed. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I'd love to see a disproportionate share of them succeed because <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it represents a huge avenue for them to really, you know, own their own career, own their own, mm-hmm. their own livelihood. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's hugely powerful. And support the community just like you witnessed in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And support themselves. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I mean, part of the reason that I took this job um, was because I was raised by a, an entrepreneur, too. You know, my dad was a general contractor mm. and he didn't have a college education. He barely had a high school one. He got suspended in a senior year because <laughs> he was quite a <laughs> troublemaker. Um, but, you know, I mean, he supported our entire family and I was the first to go to college and he was so proud. And, and it's just like... Having working for a company where, you know, we don't care who you are or where you're from. Like, we don't care what your politics are or what your background is. We just want to support you. Mm. We just want to give you the tools to help you, you know, support yourself, grow your career, feed your family, like when you need to, you know, have that stability and and you can do it. And it's just like in a world that's so divisive, that's Mm. such a beautiful thing to work toward. No, absolutely. And I think it put, you know, particularly for for women and and diverse groups, it also can empower you. If you don't like what you're seeing out there in the world, you know, you can chart your own course. Right. uh, And go. And I think that can be one of the most powerful vehicles for change. Yeah. Right. We if we're you don't like what you're seeing at your company, you don't like what you're seeing in your your environment. Go pick up and, and do your own thing. Um, yeah. and and get the support um, from us, your community, uh, to enable you to go do that. I think that that can also just have a bigger change. Um, you know, like I said earlier, there's been a lot of change over the last few decades, um, but we still have a long way to go. Um, and I think empowering people to to chart their own course uh, can certainly help help drive that change faster. Beautiful. So as far as success goes, right, mm-hmm. business success, life success, being becoming that fulfilled person, what do you think are the most important skills for leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs? What are the most important skills today? Yeah, of any gender. Of right. any gender. Yeah. Anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a couple of things. Oh, gosh. Um, first of all, you know, life is tough, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in general, the the bolder uh, the more ambitious you want to be, you know, the more the more shit's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's important there to just be resilient. And I don't care how good you are, shit's going to happen. Um, <laughs> yes. As 2020 has taught us, it doesn't matter who you were. Uh, yeah. Employees to go, <laughs> shit's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> That's a new tagline. Exactly. You've done our branding work for us, Mark. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so good at that, um, as you know. Uh, no, uh, it, uh, but it, you know, I don't think anyone in, right now could say they want to repeat 2020, right? right. But, but we all got to get through it. Uh, and so I think having resilience uh, is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, second to that, I'd say, you know, uh, don't, don't waste a, you know, a bad opportunity, though. It would constantly be learning, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to learn. I think one of your, one of your guests ca- called it a growth mindset. Right. But is, yes. is, is constantly making sure, you know, taking every opportunity, every failure, every, you know, every, every quote mistake uh, as, as an opportunity to learn. 
Yeah. Um, and and you'll get better with time. Even 2020 was a year of growth, really, in many oh, ways. Yeah. Lots so of challenges many people to pivoted. Mm. Yeah. Sylvie, that's a much better tagline for 2020. I, I have a few myself, but uh, the year of growth is much, much better. Uh, I think that's more marketable for sure. Um, and then the third, so I think growth mindset's two. Third, I would say, you know, it's really important to have um, have empathy um, mm-hmm. throughout, um, not just for other people as you kind of, you know, I love your your story, Nat, with, with your boss, but um, also for yourself, um, I think that's really, really important, um, particularly mm. folks that are hard driving, et cetera, which, which a lot of your listeners are, um, and, and folks that, that want to go off on their own, you know, just have empathy for yourself. It's mm-hmm. really easy at the end of the day to, um, to beat ourselves up too much. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we, we try to do the right thing, but know that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. Just recognize it, learn from it, and, and don't look back. Just mm-hmm. keep going forward. Um, I think it's too easy uh, for us to to beat ourselves up, as you mentioned, that the imposter syndrome. Uh, I think that tends to be uh, it's across genders, but certainly uh, more on the female side. And and I'd say just stop doing it. <laughs> stop <laughs> um, doing it. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, it's uh, it doesn't matter what gender you are. We're all going to make mistakes, uh, or or uh, they're not really even mistakes. Sometimes uh, yeah. it's just sometimes things happen, and you move on. Yeah, Don't look back. Yeah. Great advice. That is really good advice. If there's one thing I repeat to so many guests on this show, it's always, number one, you're good enough. Mm. Like that's that imposter syndrome where we're always thinking that we're not good enough or we need to optimize ourselves more and more and more. And yes, you do need to learn, but you are good enough. Yeah. And then the next is back yourself, back yourself <laughs> get what you're worth, totally. back yourself. Because we have people who will undercut their rates or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm. to, to find their first clients and, you know they need to back the value of their experiences and, and things like that. Yeah. And I'd say if you're, if you're feeling, if you feel like you have the imposter syndrome or you feel like you're in that place, so it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. know you're in the right place. That's the growth. Yeah. That's when growth happens. So Very embrace good. that and say, okay, great. That's, I'm where I should be right now. Now let's move on Yeah, <laughs> and get going. Right. Um, absolutely. Okay. So Two things. I want to ask you what's next, but I want to ask you what's next in two ways. Number one, (laughs) what do you see as next for um, diversity, inclusion, both in the tech industry and in the world? And, you know, what's next for, like, female entrepreneurs in the world, in your mind? Um, And it couldn't be, like, what would you like to see next? And then I want to give our listeners a little taste of what's next for Invoice to Go, what's next for us as an app and as a company and what we are trying to do for our customers and for the world. Mm. Awesome. Happy to do it. Um, So 2021, gosh, we – I think we all can't wait for it to come. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm counting down the days now. but you know, I'm 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 really hopeful for 2021, both uh, on all the the you know election and and we'll get that all behind us and the COVID and and hopefully move on. If not, we'll we'll continue to power through it. Um, but I think there's a real huge opportunity um, for women uh, in 2021 and just diversity in general. Uh, I think it's you know as I talked about, there's been a lot of it's less why, it's now how. How are we going to do it? What are yep. we going to do? 
um, everything from, you know, more awareness just in companies in general and, and really trying to, to make efforts to, to drive that, even to, to laws being changed, right? Mm-hmm. In the state of California now, you have to, uh, certain companies have to have, uh, you know, diversity is now mandated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and public companies and private companies, more and more VCs are really, really pushing on it. So, uh, huge, huge opportunity there. And I think awareness uh, around that. I think Kamala has a, you know, she's got a, um, uh, a lot of weight to carry. It's a big, big opportunity. Um, but I think a lot of people will be watching her. And I think it's a great, a great catalyst. Uh, huge success for her. And mm-hmm. it'll be really exciting to watch her, uh, watch her next year. Mm-hmm. But I think you'll see more and more and more businesses being formed through all this adversity and all the uh, displacement that's happening. Uh, oh, we, as as whenever this happens, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of new business formation, uh, and I think you'll see a lot. Uh, a, those those businesses being formed will be much more diverse than they've ever been mm-hmm. uh, ever been before. Uh, you're already starting to see it if you look at the fundraising stats and and where where money's being put, um, and a lot more focus on it. We're actually measuring it now. So you there are, there. Are are different ways to you know different uh, different measurements to see where you know where the fo- you know where the money's going to what's the gender of the founder etc and I think like everything in tech it starts with measurement uh, and mm-hmm. at least if you're measuring it you can track it you can uh, you can uh, you can make some changes along the way so I think you're going to see a lot more awareness uh, about. Uh, how new businesses are being formed, what, you know, what what the demographics are of the founders, how they're being funded, uh, and therefore a lot more money funneling into those spaces. So huge, huge opportunities uh, around diversity mm-hmm. uh, over the next, you know, starting, well, it's been going on for a while, but definitely next year I think it's going to be a huge, huge opportunity for growth there. There's no more bullshitting. Like you were saying earlier, like a lot of it was lip service in the mm-hmm. past, and now I think it's like you can't fake being a good business anymore. There's just too much, yeah. absolutely, too much um, information out there, and people care too much now. Yeah, and we'll definitely try things. You know, people will try things that don't work. Yeah, you know, I think you know the dual. What was it called? Like the dual, splitting a job between two people and trying to make that work. I think we'll, you know, we, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll move on, right? Uh, yeah. Try something else. Um, yeah. I also like that that uh, there's a lot more awareness just around. Uh, hey, you you may not realize it, but you're you're driving. Um, you're driving some inherent bias, right? The unconscious bias. There's yeah. a lot more awareness around that. Um, and we need more training on it, uh, which is which is starting to happen. Um, you know, even at invoice to go we're doing that, but I think more broadly across companies. And so it's not finger pointing at people like, oh, it's your, this is your fault, right? right? It's more around, hey, there's an awareness. People are behaving in ways that, that aren't helpful. And how do, we, how do we change that? And I think people are starting to embrace that. And um, unconscious bias isn't just men channel to women it's also women on women and yeah, women back to there's men. a lot yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. need to like take step back from like what is a gender role and just think of yeah. each other as humans and respect each other's yeah. you know you'll brain. change the world by coming from a place of understanding <laughs> mm-hmm. right rather mm-hmm. than a place of blame like cancel culture does not get you very far mm-hmm. totally. it doesn't get you as far as trying to understand where the other person's coming from and then you know explaining how you wish things could change. Mm. Yeah, no finger pointing, just just trying to work together to solve, you know, solve 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 problems. Yeah, exactly. Okay, give us some of the goods. I don't know <laughs> how much you want to share. So what's next for Invoice to Go? So lots of exciting stuff. Um, 
coming uh, for Invoice to Go. First of all, um, we really see just a massive, massive opportunity um, in in helping entrepreneurs, small businesses that I, I quite frankly, I feel have been ignored. Um, you know, uh, in, in many regards by technology uh, mm-hmm. over the last decade or so. You've seen huge growth in e-commerce. If you want to start a, a business today selling goods online, there's there's no shortage of of, uh, of of technology to kind of help you help you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the rest of us, um, small business owners, freelancers uh, that are more service oriented, it's hard. There's a there's a wealth of technology out there, wealth of different um, sources of, of information, but really not uh, a platform that helps them both on the technology side to pull it all together. I mean, these are busy people who, you know, don't have big teams of folks that, you know, just need help getting up and running online uh, and help them manage and grow their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not an easy way to do that today. And so we want to uh, we want to provide that opportunity, both from a technology point of view to make that happen, but also the community around that. Uh, it's lonely. What do they say? It's lonely at the top. And, you know, all, all of our freelancers are, they're at the pinnacle, right? They're at the top. And who do they go to and how do they get the support and help they need? And so uh, hopefully this podcast and other other things will really help build, uh, build the community for them so they can get the, you know, quite frankly, love and support they need um, to, to care and feed their business and their career and their, and their livelihood. Um, so you'll see us really work on both the technology end to provide more of an end-to-end solution, uh, you know, beyond invoicing, beyond mm-hmm. your CRM database, beyond your email, beyond estimates uh, and payments to really provide that that so you can maximize um, maximize what you're looking to maximize. It could be the value of your business, the growth. It could be the time that you want to spend with uh, family and friends or, or doing your craft. Uh, any number of different things, uh, and then the community around that to get you there. Um, and so that'll encompass um, some new product rollouts like the one you saw last month that, or earlier this month where we rolled out uh, reviews and profiles uh, mm-hmm. to our customers, a brand new way to kind of really grow and expand your business online mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to, some, to all the way to a brand relaunch. Uh, and so relaunching a brand uh, and a community around that brand that, that speaks to that uh, that uh, that more encompassing uh, opportunity to really grow and manage and manage your business because mm. uh, the growth is just phenomenal in this space. More and more people want to go off on their own. Uh, they've they're they're looking to switch you know careers. Uh, they're looking to take control and ownership of their not only their job but also their livelihood and their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we want to provide that opportunity for folks to do that because uh, it's really powerful um, and it's it's super inf- inspirational. Exciting stuff. Heard it here first. Mm. Very exciting. Glad I work here, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) For now, Nat, for now. I know, right? One more slip up. If I drop the F-bomb on this podcast one more time. That's right. That's right. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being in the studio with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I uh, I really uh, really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed being here and really enjoy listening to your podcast and and look forward to uh, some of the inspirational women you've got uh, coming up. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, I'll see you in the office. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Nat and Sylvie. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice to Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. 
Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.